0: craft beer friends and welcome to season nine episode one of tap to craft podcast i am denny loose coming to you from boise idaho and my partner in craft the dog whisperer and my favorite florida man from tampa florida mr chris mckenzie how you do tonight chris and of course what is in your glass
1: oh no it's replaying in my ear here okay there we go <laughs> i clicked on is the that line. right <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> Eight things just happened all at one time. So other than that, you know, I'm doing, doing pretty damn good, Denny. Um, and in my glass this evening, I've got a beer from Cincinnati, Ohio, from Rheingeist Brewing. Got their Ooh, uh, nice. barrel-aged cafe ink that focuses on there at all. But this is a uh, imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with coffee. Uh, this was out of a whole series that I got when I ordered from the uh, company that rhymes with Revor. Um, <laughs> And, uh, (laughs) I've had just the regular Imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels. There's this one, which is coffee. There's a cherry one in the fridge. And then there's one more. I can't remember what it is, but, um, these have been so good so far. Nice. I guess since I've had one sip off of the second bottle that I have, but, um, these have been really good, you know, it's July in Florida. So it's stout season, right? It is always, Mm -hmm.
0: always stout season.
1: Yeah. So, but, um. Yeah, I'm really enjoying this one. So uh, what about you? How's your day going and what's in your glass this evening? And hi, Connor. I see you hopped on here, too. (laughs) All right.
0: Well, it's going well now that we're here chatting about beer. But, you know, it's a busy Monday. Mondays are always busy. And it's uh, not as hot as it will be here soon. It was only like 95 today. So it's kind of giving us a little bit of a break before it gets to the 105 for the rest of the week, I think. But I am drinking a Jim Dandy dandy can wild bill amber ale this is what they call an they were calling on their board at the brewery a an english amber ale i don't know is there an english amber ale i don't know if there is if there is that's the amber ale that i really like because uh this beer is fantastic and i uh, i had a pint i had a 20 ounce pint of it in at the brewery when i was there this weekend and i gave this beer a perfect five cap rating. Uh and it's interesting because I, you know, Chris, we've mentioned before, I am not a huge fan of amber ales. I I can drink them. I like them okay. I prefer red ales a little bit above that because I think they give a little bit more, you know, compromise with the you have, you have that multi front, but you have a little bit of extra hop to, you know, to give you a little bit of extra stuff in the back end. Uh, but um this beer for one thing, it's a beautiful beer. Look at that. Nice copper Beautiful color. copper coloring. I mean just absolutely beautiful and smells like some really nice uh light toffee, not a not a more, more caramelly, but it's on the verge of being like like uh melted caramel to, to getting to the toffee phase, right? Where it gets yeah. a little bit more of that brown sugary smell. Just just on the lighter end of that, but my gosh, this beer is so good. That, uh, I had to bring home a crowler for myself and I bought a crowler for my, my friends, Corey and Kim, because she's a big fan of Amber's and I thought she would really appreciate this. So that is what is in my glass. Jim Dandy's wild bill, English Amber ale. Cause I didn't say the whole name. So, yeah. So as you can tell, I went to Pocatello's weekend. Haley needed (laughs) some work on her house. And so, uh, you know, the, the, we jumped in the car and drove down and, uh, uh, you know, did some painting and hung some shelves and did some odd jobs that need to get done. And while we were there, of course, we had to visit Jim Dandy and I wasn't disappointed. I I got their four-year beer. I've been able to enjoy, I was there when they first opened and got to enjoy some of the first beers they, they brewed and put on tap. And then I was there, I was able to get each of their four anniversary beers to date. Mm. They're four years old on July 4th. And I'm just lucky that I've been able to get, get all four, and they've all been really good, too. Now I'm going to take a sip. Okay.
1: Now, are you taking the sip, though? What were the other three? Or what What were the – was that one of the beers, the Wild Bill?
0: Wild Bill was one – well, no, there was – well, I mean, the other three – no, as far as the other anniversary ales, I don't remember all of them. There was called year, year one, year two, year three, oh, okay. year four – I believe they were all like IPAs or New England IPA styles, if I remember correctly. But, um, but I did have three beers that I drank when I was there and I didn't do any, normally I do 10 ounce pours, but they only had three that I really wanted to drink. And this was one of them. And Haley's got the mug club, right? So every once a year they offer people to buy a limited amount of these 20 ounce cups Mm -hmm. and, what you, you get uh you get to bring your cup in and basically between the, the hours of four to six, like happy hour times, you get a dollar off. Oh, you get you basically fill that up and you get a dollar or you get you get it filled for for a discount price. A like sixteen a, ounce price. A sixteen you, ounce yeah, price yeah. for twenty ounce pour. Yeah. Uh and so I drank th- I drank all three of my beers that I had twenty ounces and um they were all very enjoyable. I will talk about the, uh, the well, the four-year beer was good. Uh, I just mentioned that. It was a New England IPA, and, uh, and I enjoyed that one. But I'll talk about another one that I enjoyed as well during our New and noteworthy. So stick oh, around yeah. for that. Okay, Chris, you ready to get the show started? Yep. Okay, let's do it. But before we get too far, we always want to let anyone new listening to Craft Podcast know what we're all about. We are an educational podcast focused around celebrating all things craft beer, because we want to assist you, our listener, along in your craft beer journey and adventures. And you're listening to episode 209, recording on Monday, July 25th, 2022. And we are live on Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to join us during our recording session, just hit us up the Monday before the show releases and watch us record a thing live. And in this episode, we will be discussing the history of the Belgian Golden Strong Ale, as well as some uh, style notes on that beer. Again, we're continuing down our Belgian beer history. Uh, we, we've done quite a few already. I think this might actually be the last one we do, because I think I've already covered the other ones in previous episodes uh, that, we, that we did a long time ago, because we are on our ninth year now. We're First I, episode of, of season nine.
1: I just said that to somebody earlier. This is year nine of this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. And you, of course, you can count on Chris and I having some great conversation along the way. And Chris and I would like to thank all of our Patreon supporters because this episode is brought to you in part by our satisfied Patreon supporters like Mike Allen, Bill Schlemmer, Amanda and Kevin Argauer, Mark Reedy, Mike Blanchard, Tara Carlson, and Jim Kudsel, who are our virtual producers and Tom Byrne, Jeff Seiler, Johan Halberg, Chad LaMassa, Mark Church, Eric Gronley, and Matt Knight, who want to buy us a virtual beer. If you enjoy the content mm-hmm. we provide, we invite you to support the show by toasting your hosts or buying us a virtual beer or even being a virtual producer. You can explore the options on our support page by visiting patreon.com slash tapthecraft. Shoo! Okay. Wow. well, I see that uh, Mark Reedy is actually... Uh, yeah, uh, is on. He's watching. Yeah, Welcome, he said, Mark. He,
1: yeah, he said no more working Monday shifts. You know, just so nice. you can tune in live. Um, perfect,
0: perfect. I just I just got the, done reading your name, so I'm glad that uh, I saw that that you were uh, on here watching us finally.
1: The things that our listeners do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know it wasn't all for us, but we'll take it yeah, as it was. That's, a,
0: that's okay. So, uh, as far as feedback from the last show, I didn't. Uh, I I didn't look today. Maybe we got some feedback last minute, but I got home from work a little bit later than I was hoping, so I didn't have a lot of time to do any extra prep work. But if you want to contact the show, there's a few ways. First, I'm going to say, leave us a voicemail. We love to have your voicemails. You can do that by calling 208-536-3359, or if you want to remember an easier number, it's 208-53-ODDLY, O-D-D-L-Y. Leave us your voicemail. We love to play it on, on the air and, uh, and answer your questions or talk about what you have to say. Or if you are a little bit shy of getting your voice out there, you can go old school, leave us an email at taptocraft at gmail.com. Or if you're more on the social stuff, although I'm really starting to tone down my social stuff like to almost nothing, uh, you can go to Twitter and Instagram at tapthecraft. And, of course, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash And you can visit our website at taptocraft.com. Okay, Chris, well, you know what? Before we did this, I didn't put this in the notes, but I wanted to talk about uh, our next contest. We just gave away, last episode, a Frost Buddy to Miss uh, Tara Carlson, (laughs) and we have (laughs) two more to give away. For the next one, that will be about three months. You have three months to enter this contest. Whoa. And I want to do something a little different because – there's a lot of different podcast apps out there that people are listening to us on. One of them is Spotify uh, and there's, you know, close to 300 people, I guess, listening to us on Spotify yet. We don't have any ratings and I want to make a change to that. So this contest is going to be focused around uh, just taking a few seconds or a minute or a couple minutes to whatever app that you're listening to us on. If you have the ability to rate us, the the whole show, uh, please give us a rating, write a review, whatever you have to do, send us a snapshot of that to our email address, tap at gmail.com, and you'll automatically be entered into the contest for our Frost Buddy. Um, And this is kind of trying to promote the people that are listening on other platforms, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, you know, whatever... I can't remember all of them, but I don't have access to all those numbers. So um I don't know how many people <laughs> are doing that. Let us know. And uh, again, send us a, a snapshot that you that of, of your review or whatever and, and we'll enter you into that that thing. If you've already left a view other places, go ahead and leave your views on new things as well. And if you do that, send us a snapshot, we'll enter you in the contest for that as well. So where and you- if you if you did leave an, an iTunes one, take a snapshot of that. Send it to me. I'll enter you in a contest for your iTunes review that you already submitted.
1: Okay. So, but is,
0: I, I want to make sure it's all people that are still like paying attention and listening that are, that are into this.
1: So, where do you? So you want just Spotify or any anything? Anything? Any, okay. So, and you can have multiple entries.
0: Know. The more you do, the more entries you get to win the Frost Buddy. You sure See? you want
1: to? You sure you want to take the iTunes ones?
0: The ones that people send me. Yeah. Okay. Again, because we have a lot, of, lot in there that maybe aren't listening anymore. I want, I want to make sure that people that are listening and want to do this, that they can. Because
1: we have yet.
0: we have like 44 iTunes reviews, which is pretty good for m- most podcasts. But I want to raise that to 100 if we can.
1: Well, I mean, one of them is
0: mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, that's all I want to say. We, we love giving stuff away. And we want to do something that wasn't just last minute. Three months Three months, basically, or we'll say two and a half months to, uh, to go ahead and enter this contest. I'm hoping we have a lot more entries. We only had four, which is fine because, I, you know, whoever enters is more than welcome. But, but maybe sending a voicemail is too hard for people, so they don't want to spend time to do that. But maybe Listen, this is easier.
1: Do you realize uh, how many people I talk to now that just go, I don't really want to call anyone. I just want to send them a text.
0: Okay. Well, we don't have a way of texting us. You have to send us an email.
1: <laughs> you can you can text
0: the show on Messenger. I mean, that's um, okay. If we do the Messenger on Facebook Messenger, Chris, you better get on listen, that because listen. I'm not very good at Messenger.
1: <laughs> I like I like the idea that you have because uh, I'm trying to type a, a post on Facebook specifically. Okay, says leave us a rating on your favorite podcasting app to be entered into our next Frost Buddy giveaway
0: but make sure they, but make sure they include a snapshot, like a screenshot or something that we can see. Cause I, again, I don't have access to see reviews. I don't know what people, I don't have access to all that stuff. So, um, and I don't, and in Spotify, it do, it doesn't, I don't think it tell. it just tells you w- once you have enough people that actually rate you, it gives you a, a star rating next oh. year to your name. And to, but every time I go and click on it, it says not enough ratings. I'm mm. like, well, why is there enough okay. ratings? There's, how come 300 people can't just go and quickly rate us and but because of that i i needed to make sure that if they send me the the shot that they rated us then i i can enter them but i won't know if they did it because there's no report that gets sent okay so leave us a rating on
1: your favorite podcasting app to be entered into our next frost buddy giveaway you have to send us a screenshot to tap the craft at gmail.com to be entered
0: yeah. Thank you. Okay. You All right. That's, enough points. of that. Enough of that being said, I, I wasted too much time, but uh, I told Chris, I had an idea back for our next one. So, okay, Chris, let's continue this beer conversation because now it is time to untap the craft and see what our listeners are drinking. According to untapped.
1: So starting about 11 hours ago, Jeff Siler checked into a green city by other half brewing at, at home He said, This is really nice. Other half does delicious IPAs. Mm -hmm. Hoping to score some more of this beer in a couple of weeks. Fingers crossed, he said. Well, for those of you that don't know, other half is based out of New York. New York, yeah. Matt Knight jumped on into his comment and said, You coming to New York? No one (laughs) one responded. Oh, he gave that one four and a quarter caps. Um, I checked into, um, uh, love hazy IPA by Almanac beer company at Gasparilla pizza and Rhea and growlers. Where else do I go for beer anymore <laughs> when it's right down the street? Uh, no notes on this one had this with I had a weird pizza today. Okay. what? Well, talk about an, it. And weird in a good way. <laughs> uh, I was just enjoying this beer, but I ordered, uh, well, it's their Gasparilla pizza. If anybody's familiar with a Cuban sandwich. Mm-hmm. It's basically a Cuban sandwich on a pizza. Oh. So nice. There was, there was uh, you know, ham and roasted pork and onions, and it was a mustard base. Mm. So it wasn't regular tomato. So it was a mustard base. And there were pickles on it, too.
0: Uh, I do like pickles. Oh
1: gosh, I do like pickles so on my good. Cubans, too. Yeah. Oh, so good. Um, the beer, I gave a four cap rating. If I could rate the pizza, Connor, it would have been a five. Uh, no doubt about it uh it was so good um next on the list alex fuchs is checking into a couple of beers uh, yeah connor said so good um he's drinking a magnetic west by great notion at the three-legged crow brewery uh, oops dropped my cap that's he his gave, home brew yeah brewery, yeah okay he gave that one a five cap rating
0: he, he always gives his own beers
1: oh wait well this no no this was from great notion oh great notion oh yeah he loves great notion yeah, yeah he was just drinking it at home um, but he also checked into a Four Seasons of Mother Earth oh. summer 2019 um, that he gave a four and a quarter caps to. So, no notes on either one of those, but uh, I love the can art on both of them. Um, uh, next on the list, John W.C. is drinking a Lord Octopus by Hop Butcher for the World. He's drinking that at Target. And if your Target, <laughs> has, yeah, if your Target has beers like this i want to go to yours um super smooth tropical fruit juice, big orange mango and pineapple and a slight green hop presence at the end four and a quarter caps for that one eric Gronley said when connor mentioned that pizza last week it sounds like a must-have yeah mm. i uh i i agree with you eric it was um I'm a believer in it now. Uh, I had no idea. I mean, it's so good. Um, Bill Schlemmer is drinking a mechanic in Maine by Coho Brewing Company. Uh, Checking in at the 2S Cottage on Bass Lake. Citrusy, very nice pale ale brought all the way from Cape May, New Jersey by my friend Tanya, whose nephew Justin is the brewmaster at Coho. So you got an inside scoop on some beer. That's good. Four cap rating for that one. Only want to read this one because I've never read a check in for this beer before. Matt Knight is drinking a Coors Banquet, which I, Oh, what do you give that?
0: Three. Three. That's a good rating. Just above yeah. average.
1: Listen, yeah. I actually like that beer.
0: Me too. That's the one that's the one American domestic mass produced beer that I actually will drink because I do enjoy that one too. Yeah, that one's a good
1: one. Uh the banquet while eating while eating for some pizza um <laughs> oh jeff seiler also checked into what he called a special beer for his 15th, 1500th unique oh, check-in congratulations jeff. bucket list beer for him he said it was absolutely delicious and this was a sip of sunshine by
0: lawson's finest awesome. liquids yes i want that one too bucket list yep
1: Yeah. What do you give it? Four and a half. Ah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely delicious. Thanks to another Jeff for bringing this back from new England. (laughs) I owe you big time. Um, So yeah, glad to see you checking in on that one. He's drinking it in his B cups too, of course. Um, Let's see. Scrolling on up. I had to, I had to read this one. Um, Jim Kudzall is drinking a baseball IPA by Calvert brewing company. Um, he just said, hoppy like a West Coast IPA, but light and body, a hybrid of IPA and amber. And he gave it a three and three quarter caps. Now, Denny, there is a game that I played on Nintendo growing up called RBI Baseball. And mm. the label on this can, I got to have this label. <laughs> <laughs> it's re- it's, and it's, you know, um, it was made for what looks like the Bowie Bay Sox, which is the minor league team in, okay. uh, in and around where I grew up. Um, i texted the picture of it to my brother and to my nephew and they both responded to me almost at the same time saying i have to have this <laughs> we all grew or my nephew not so much but my brother and i grew up playing this game and this this beer label is just so cool it looks so, just like the front of an old nintendo game so that was jim is drinking that yeah jim kudzall's drinking okay, that okay
0: so jim we need some labels for uh, a few labels for chris and brother and father I th- you know what
1: i think i think my brother would much just rather have the beer now he oh, okay. my brother he's he lives in delaware and he was in virginia beach the other night hmm. you know as a guy who is what um so what i'm 39 so he's 50 right now is he 38 or no 48 whatever <laughs> he's nine years older than i am and i'm not doing math right now <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, he is unofficially retired. Like he's, he lives in Bethany beach. He just does as he pleases. His wife works at home. So she's just, he's bouncing around over, watch, going to Dave Matthews band shows during the summer and, you know, texting me pictures of all these beers and stuff he's been drinking and it's really starting to piss me off. Um, but you know, I'm happy for him cause he's, he's happy. He found his happy place over at the beach. So.
0: Oh good. Um but I wait, would but, love
1: to be able to get there. Wait, that. is he
0: only hanging out Virginia Beach or has he moved there?
1: No, he uh he lives in Bethany Beach, which is in Delaware. Oh and then, yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, yeah you and said then okay. he uh he was in Virginia Beach for a Dave Matthews show the other night. Oh, okay. okay. Night, okay. So it was
0: a, so he went there for the concert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if he was going to another one or two of them. Um, (laughs) Matt Knight again is checking into a house logger by Jack's Abbey craft loggers. Denny, I know that's on your list. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to
0: visit that brewery and drink all their beer.
1: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Pizza and beer a winning combination. He gave that one three and three quarter caps on there. Um, Mike Allen's been doing a little bit of drinking throughout my check-in list. Um, Roast most recently, Mac the Ripper by Three Ravens Brewery. Still checking oh. in at the Taco Mac. Uh, three and three the quarter Ripper. caps. Yeah, Mac the Ripper at the Taco Mac. Uh, Tara, Car- Tara-, <laughs> Tara Carlson, mm-hmm. who was the winner of our Frost Buddy uh, last show, is drinking a Hammer Time by Hysteria Brewing Company. The beer and the peanuts may be dinner. Good thing I am enjoying this beer that tastes like <laughs> beer so i guess you guys oh yeah i see uh i see jim's baseball can no you're not at the game you guys are at home because i see his keys are in there too (laughs) you know what that means that means that that can is available for sale out in the wild yeah yeah uh four cap rating for that beer um, from Tara, uh, let's see. Oh, a good West Coast brewery. Jeff Seiler is drinking a Crush Cancer by Ruben's Brews. Mm. This is so good, he says. Mm. Super tasty, hazy IPA, and such a good cause. Big, a big shout out to Denny loose and Tap the Craft Podcast for letting me know about Ruben's Brews. Delicious oh, yeah. stuff. Four and a quarter caps. I love Ruben's Brews. Um, me too. And you know what's weird? At the last beer event that I went to. They had Rubens there, and mm. I was
0: so excited to see them. I, I, I am, as I mentioned before, I'm very pleased that I can get Rubens here in in town mm. now. They deliver to Boise, and I just keep going and picking up six-pack of Hazelicious, a six-pack. I mean, I just keep picking up things, and it's just nice to have that available now. So I, I hope they keep keep bringing uh, beers here and, and maybe some other uh, varieties as well.
1: All right. Next on the list. Woo, go away. All right. Jeff Weesey is drinking a dad jokes by cross 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 strain brewing uh, dank and nice straw color, medium body with a grassy hop finish four and a half caps for that one. Um, let's see. Moving on up to. There we go. We got to continue his uh, check in streak for oh, the 27000th show in a row. Chad Lamasa is drinking the chef. By Homemade Brewing Company, tons of mango and coconut. This would fit in well with the beers from Interchange Tiki Bar and Brewery, which took over Homemade's space. Hmm. What do you mean by that, Chad? (laughs) (laughs) Is this an old beer? Like, what happened? Why do you have this? And then somebody took over the space. Uh, Four and a half caps for this beer. Um, Moving on up. John W.C. is checking into a handful of things as well. The uh, albino stout by Butcher and the Brewer and Peach Peach County by Cider Boys Hard Cider. Um, Mark Reedy, shut up and adore me. Ooh. Well, that's the beer he's drinking anyway. Uh, By Morgan Territory, uh, Morgan Territory Brewing. He said it was very smooth, imperial Irish stout in honor of my lady whom I Mm. adore. Had to have this one. Coffee and toasty notes, more effervescent than I expected, but that oh. didn't take away from the flavor. I'll drink this again. Three and three quarter cap rating. So, from Mark. So,
0: so I wonder if that would have uh, benefited from being on nitro if it was a little bit too effervescent. Probably
1: could have. I mean, the last few uh, Irish stouts that I've had have been on nitro, and yeah, and those things disappear They're so fast. good.
0: Yeah, and I, okay, again, I'm just to make a comment. Everyone knows I'm not a huge fan of nitro in my beer, but I I do enjoy Irish Stout <laughs> on nitro. They, I do, Especially too. a good one. I'll talk about one I had uh, in our new Noteworthy, so stick around.
1: All right. Uh, and because we already said his name, he had to go check into a beer. Eric Gronley is drinking Whoa. a Bug Zapper by Omni Brewing Company. That's a great name for a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful gold color on this beer. Almost 11% and doesn't drink too boozy major pineapple melon apricot flavors going on very delicious treat to drink outside to wind down this evening four and a quarter caps from him and we're going to refresh low pitch hazy ipa by high wire brewing john wc is checking into this one as well plain and light taste decent creaminess and orange jam with a little berry and slight grass three and wow. three
0: quarter caps that's quite a a uh, complex uh flavors thing there huh
1: that's a hell of an ex- uh, explanation yeah. Too. yeah nice
0: orange jam yeah orange jam berry. and it's interesting he i i need to get better at combining things like that right i'll, I'll say it has an orange flavor and, and I'll, I'll i'll lose the 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 type of flavor i i know it just tastes like orange but it's like mm-hmm. a, i i just can't figure out what it is and you know what I think I need to incorporate that jammy character because that's what it is, right? It's that, is that jam, gelatinous, whatever, type flavor in there with the orange. Mm-hmm. It gives it that unique flavor, and that was a good, good description. Way to go, John W. C. And uh, come on, refresh.
1: That's what everybody's drinking, Denny.
0: Okay. That's some fine beers right there, and a few breweries that are on my bucket list, and even beers on my bucket list as well. So come on, you guys—you guys are are just taunting me with all your great beer drinking. But hey, I'm glad you guys have good beer in your area and, and really enjoying that. And and Jeff Seiler, I'm glad you're able to get some Rubens and enjoy the fine beer that they put out as well. Okay. Now it's time for our Beer Speak One Hundred and One segment, where we briefly define common and not so common beer terminology. And In this episode, we will explain what it means when we talk about finding a beer. What do we mean when we talk about finding
1: that the store you you go to has it?
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: That's, not yeah, yeah. you not go fi- to the store, yeah, and you find it, yeah, and they got the beer you're looking for. You're <laughs> finding beer.
0: So I mentioned finding when I, when I talked about my buddy, Alex Fuchs, uh, homebrew and how he's making beers, homebrew beers that are perfectly clear. Well, guess what? That leads right into what I'm talking about. This terminology, you may not known when I said the word findings, what, uh, what I was talking about. So the process of adding clarifying agents, such as icing. I don't know what this icing glass gelatin, silica, silica gel, or polyvinyl, pro, 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 per, also known as PVPP, <laughs> to beer during, yeah. circum- se- <laughs> during secondary fermentation to hasten the precipitation of suspended matter, such as yeast, proteins, or tannins. Basically, it allows these things to drop out i guess to clear to clean the make the beer more clear so that when you put it into your bottle you have a nice clean clear beer
1: i've always known that as a flocculent
0: no flocculants is is uh the the, the yeast combined like uh floc yeah you know what we could talk about that in next i just like saying it yeah flocculent but yeah it's usually when they when the things like, actually, you might be right, but usually it's used in, in yeast because yeast will flocculate and uh, combine into these islands of uh, of clusters or whatever you want to call it, flock, flocks. <laughs> but Just you know what? Them, I'll do that one for out the next. My beer. Yeah, get the flock out of my beer. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, you know we're not a comedy podcast, but I will tell you that on the way down to to get to to my daughters in Pocatello, we listened to the late last episode, and I'll tell you what, my wife uh, had some good chuckles in the stuff we were talking about. So hey, we are kind of funny. Sometimes. We are
1: we are hilarious. <laughs> uh, I don't care if anybody else thinks so. Uh, you and I are hilarious. Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: but that's okay. We we're just uh, you know good old fun fun guys. Go ahead
1: say it. You know you want to. You're waiting to make that mushroom joke.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. So, Chris, guess what? We're flying through this episode, but we do have our Brew Buzz topic and the and because now it is time for our Brew Buzz segment, which is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics. This week we discussed the history of the Belgian Golden Strong Ale as well as some style Notes on this style, and again, this is going right down our list of uh, of different styles of Belgian beers. And I I just love finding out. Here, here's what's if you if you actually are paying attention and, why, and listening to all the episodes, you're seeing that each of these stories that we tell about how a beer comes about, they're not all the same, right? It's not all the same story. It's they're all a little bit different on how they became a style in Belgium. This one's no different. It's got its own story. Uh, I did find information on four different sites online. Um, I'll just read them real quick. You'll find links in the show notes if you want to go and visit these and read them in full. Um, very, very good, informative articles on the Belgian golden strong ale and the Belgian dark strong ale and, and stuff. But we're going to focus on the golden strong ale. So the first one is discovering a Belgian strong ale. History and ingredients found on the Beira. Balladine website, which is an Italian re- website. Uh, the Belgian-style golden ale found on the craft beer club. How has Duval Duvel become so iconic? Found on the Belgian Schmack website. Schmack that, Belgian. That's I think, is a Canadian site, or maybe it's a English site, UK site, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Belgian strong golden ale, a devil in disguise. Found on the kegerator.com website. And that was the only one that had an author that was associated with it, written by Nick Carr. So, again, these links will be in the show notes. So, Chris, let me start off. We're going to talk about the history first. So I'll start off and let you carry on here in a little bit. So Duval has been responsible for spawning a whole new style of beer, the Belgian Golden Strong Ale, and is revered for its extremely pale color, its fermentation flavors, and its dryness, it's carbonate, carbonation and its balance and its drinkability. That's a lot of stuff that this beer has been, uh, you know, revered for. Uh, it's iconic because its origin story symbolizes Belgium's rich brewing heritage and, hence, at the beer culture, Belgium has shared for decades with other countries like the UK and Germany. The Belgian beer heritage has some unique, peculiar. I'm having trouble. Peculiarities. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think I I either drank too much or not enough already, but uh,
1: probably not enough. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's probably why. Yeah,
0: I, I'm not very good at pronouncing things, but peculiarities, peculiarities is, a, yeah. is a is a is a tough one. one. It's a tough one. Yeah, such as a historical preference for strong, complex beers, while other countries such as England and Germany have traditionally gone for light beers that are easy to drink. Also, Belgian brewers can hardly be pigeonholed. They love to experiment. They use spices. And in general, they have a very personal approach to brewing. Yeah. So many
1: Belgian beers are difficult to classify and are generally included in the large family of Belgian strong ales, which are strong beers with a rich aromatic profile, regularly drunk by Belgian consumers, especially those who are a few years older uh listen i i enjoy them too so i guess call me old if you want to you are
0: 39 you are old
1: is that is that the cutoff Where's the <laughs> no cutoff? i don't
0: know i don't know what it,
1: <laughs> i don't think i'm old but
0: i feel old sometimes
1: well listen maybe 39 here 12 here forever
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. yeah um over time though they need to define some boundaries Oh, I'm sorry. The need to define some boundaries has split this extended family into two different groups, Belgian golden strong ales and Belgian dark strong ales. This subdivision is not only based in color. They are specific.
0: <sighs> Hang on. <laughs> Take another. Let me fill my glass up because I think I'm going to need some more. for this this article. this
1: this article, when we talk about style notes, this is one of those. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, there are specific organoleptic differences <laughs> between the two groups, even if they're based on virtually the same brewing philosophy. I want to look that word up first. By the way, yeah, um, yeah. Once you get into your section, I'm going to. Okay. Okay. Um, the distinction also has age reasons. Golden strong ales are younger, as they appeared after the First World War, as a reaction to the growing popularity of pills.
0: Yeah, that was uh I, that statement right there is one of the things that was uh pretty common in all the articles I read is that the Belgian wanted I mean they they wanted to provide a beer that had characteristics that were closer to what was really booming in the time which was German pills uh and also English uh English pale ales as well. And so they needed something that was lighter. And so that's 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 the whole thing is they had these darker L's, these Abbey L's, these uh these doubles and stuff that had that darker uh character to it. And they wanted something that was lighter, blonde. Yeah. So
1: organoleptic. Okay. Which by the way, nailed it. Uh, okay, good job. Acting <laughs> acting on um oh hey, I didn't hit share yet. That's why here organoleptic. <laughs> See? Oh wow, that was
0: really good. I I heard in the background, but yeah, that was uh
1: acting on or involving the use of the sense organs. Oh, so not okay. only are we learning about, you know, beer styles, we're increasing your vocabulary. Yeah,
0: nice. Nice. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right, now that we got our vocabulary lesson in for the day, uh yeah. let's talk about uh, we already mentioned the brewery Duvel Morgat. Uh and and they are a big Player in this whole golden strong ale uh, style. So let's go ahead and talk about this. Uh, Morgat Brewery in Breendonk was founded in 1871 by Jean Leonard Morgat. He came from a family of brewers, and the idea of starting his own operation appealed to his sense of family tradition. At first, the brewery did little to stand out among the 4,000 other breweries in the business at the time operating much like any other farmhouse brewery with an eye towards the dark farm ales. Over time, though, uh, uh, Jan Lenard gained a following. In 1900, he handed over the brewery operation to his sons, Albert and Victor. During the First World War, the door was open for English beer stylists to leave their mark on Belgium. Seeing the popularity of the English ales, Albert decided to take advantage and began to concoct a plan to create his own beer based on English ales. In 1918, the brewery released a dark beer infu- influenced by English brewing. They named it Victory Ale to commemorate the end of the war. In that same year,
1: Albert traveled extensively in the UK searching for a yeast source that would bring him that much closer to his aspiration of a perfectly inspired English ale. This search, it is said, did not sit well with many of his Belgian compatriots or the suspicious (laughs) UK (laughs) brewers he went snooping around. He finally got a break in Scotland where he was able to procure a bottle of
0: McEwan Scotch Ale. So this is interesting because that ale is still being brewed today, right? Yeah. It's one you can buy right now. And it's funny because this is almost like corporate spying right he's going out espionage espionage he's going out and he's searching for ways that he can somehow steal the secrets of these english breweries or find the secret ingredient inside this beer and reproduce it himself to build up these english beer styles right these cleaner or these uh clearer beers that have that flavor profile he's looking for. So I, I just thought this was pretty, pretty funny.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's pretty cool because now that he's searching for this yeast source and leads us to the next part of it. He enlisted Jean de Clerc, a famed Belgian brewing science pioneer to help tease apart And analyze the yeast. I know I felt the same way. Just (laughs) tease it apart. The sample turned out to contain somewhere between ten and twenty different strains. Mm. Through the painstaking process of isolation and testing, a single and testing a single strain was finally chosen as having the most potential. This strain is still used in the brewing of Duvel uh, Duvel today.
0: Okay, so here's a. I mean, imagine there were 10 to 20 different strains of yeast in this beer that makes this Scottish ale, right? hmm And he's trying to pick out the the one that's going to be, that, that's going to, you know, that, that's going to give him what he wants. And, and uh, I guess he finds one he liked or somehow, I don't even know how, I, I mean, I'm assuming they pulled it out, they grew it. Then they did this little test batch of a small batch of beer and saw what it could do, you know, what the flavor profile was. And he chose, he chose that one strain, but who knows what that one strain really was. But now that strain is, you know, is, is the beer, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm curious to know what that search process looks like. You go, yeah, number six, that's (laughs) the one we want. Yeah. Um, The new strain was put to work in the victory ale. The new creation was still strong and dark, but now carried with it a noticeable and unique fruitiness. A new beer deserves a new name, and Victory Ale was about to get its famed rebranding. The story goes that in 1923, during a tasting session of the beer, a local shoemaker named Van de was so taken with the beer, he shouted, (laughs) This is a real devil! (laughs) Wait, you didn't say say it in the uh... (laughs) I read ahead <laughs> on my notes just to make sure. No doubt, referring to the beer's fine 8.5% drop kick. The name stuck and the beer gained so much popularity over the years that in 1960, the brewery even invented a new beer glass, the Tulip, specifically for enjo- uh, for the
0: enjoyment of Duval. Yeah, so that phrase phrasey shout-out was, Dit is in Duval! And Duval became the... <laughs> Name of the beer, but okay, you shortened so, it. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So hey, I, I wasn't scared to say it. I wasn't scared. Hey, say you it. go right ahead. I. Jeremy's uh, <laughs> not my strong You seat. need another fourteen 14% percent beer, fourteen and a half percent beer for the a nineteen point two ounce fourteen and a half percent beer like last show. Oh, this. Well, I mean, this one's twelve and some change. So I mean, yeah. I'm. I'm right there. All right. All right. All right. So more changes came for the beer in nineteen seventy. Taste in Europe had been slowly shifting for, um, for some time towards the new pale lagers. To cater to the changing whims of the buying public, Morgat decided to dress their devil in the same golden finery that it was bringing their new rival such acclaim. Once again, the brewery company looked to Jean de Clercq to figure out the best way to make the change. To make the beer light-colored but keep at its original strength was no mean feat. In in his book Brew Like a Monk, Stan Hieronymus explains that they did it by experimenting with malting processes in house. The brewery performed its own malting until 1980, until they were able to make a pilsner malt light enough to do the trick. Along with this change in malt came the addition of dextrose to help strengthen the beer without adding unwanted color. The brewing and maturation process was. Also adjusted, becoming longer and quite elaborate. These changes took time, but finally culminated in the style defining rendition we know today.
1: I want so, to just say I love this writer. <laughs> he uses some great words in here. I mean, we, we talked about and we joked about the, you know, our, our vocabulary lesson when he was talking about uh, where was the word. I mean, he even used words like
0: pigeonhole. <laughs> So keep in mind that that uh, that this is a c- culmination of four different articles. So I've interspliced different things oh, here. It's not all. I, one. Gotcha. I, I don't. Okay. I, I, I mix and match to follow the storyline that I want to follow. So that's why. Well,
1: and I and I, the one that stood out to me was the you know, uh, organoleptic. Mm-hmm. I mean that's just. Like I said, it's a fun word to say, but you know, in one of the articles, somebody mentioned the eight and a half percent drop kick. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to just said eight and a half percent ABV, but I I appreciate the word drop kick when explaining that. That's so much better. Okay. Well, the style, the Belgian style golden ale is a deceiving brew whose pale color gives the impression that it will be innocent and easy to drink when in reality it is known for It's strong alcoholic punch, Mm -hmm. punches and drop kicks. I love it. (laughs) Due to this devious illusion, the benchmark Belgian style golden strong ale example is the Duval from Belgium, which translates to devil. Belgian style, I should name my next Belgian dog that. Yeah. I'm gonna name him Duval. Duval. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. The name's gonna be Duval. Um actually, God, I might get. Grief for this one, it would probably be a female. Uh, Belgian-style golden ales typically range from a pale to golden color. Despite their strong alcoholic character, the beer is light-bodied. The Belgian-style golden ale recipe puts more emphasis on the hops than it does malt character, but still makes use of the flavors from the Pilsner malt that it uses. Being heavily hopped with Czech Sots hops, the Belgian golden ale style generally has a strong floral hop aroma, semi-fruity hop flavor, and medium hop bitterness.
0: The Belgian ale yeast gives the Belgian style golden ale a certain degree of spiciness and a highly attenuated dry finish. In total, the beer style undergoes three fermentations with the final one occurring in the bottle. The end result is a well-carbonated brew with a significant rocky head. In order to gain ro- roundness, the Belgian Golden Strong Ale style may, may even be cellared for more than six months. This fruity and complex beer has an ABV that typically ranges from 7 to 11% and is best served chilled in a tulip glass. Chilling the Belgian Golden Ale can help minimize the strong alcoholic taste and mouthfeel. Again, you're, when you chill it, you're going to when you drink it, you're going to kind of numb some of those taste buds in there. That's that's why it uh, <laughs> it tends to uh, uh, minimize. It. Up on you, yeah. When pairing with food, the matches can range from light and salty appetizers to bold, hearty meals. But over everything, this beer complements spicy platters brilliantly. I can imagine, and this is a beer. I mean, Chris, we've already talked about trying to go and do some tasting notes on some of these beers so we should probably add a duval i think chris i think john and i did a duval when we first did the show but we can do it again now that we've gone eight years we can try again with with your uh uh tasting palette and and my even more refined tasting palette than i had before
1: yeah i think that's a good idea and we were talking about doing um we talked about doing uh, some Chimay. Beers Chimay. Too. Yeah.
0: Let's do some Chimay, do mm-hmm. some Duval. Let's do, let's, let's get some Belgian.
1: Well, you know what? Stuff. I uh, I don't have any appointments on my day tomorrow. And I was going to go pick up my beers from Cigar City, too. So I might just have to stop at the beer store. I might okay. have to stop at, you know, uh, Total Wine or something and take a look at what's there. So you might get a random text from me in the afternoon okay. going, What about this one? What about this yeah, one? About
0: yeah. Now? Yeah. I'll, I'll point out. Yeah. We'll do that. And we'll schedule some of these tasting in our next episode so you guys can okay. hear our own. Um, you know, just des- descriptions
1: of these beers. Because, I mean, I've got some, you know, Golden Monkey in the uh, in the fridge right now.
0: I know, <laughs> I need to find Golden Monkey again. You know, I just don't think we're getting victory anymore in, in the area, but I need to see if they are. Funny
1: that we were talking about a victory ale.
0: Yeah. In, this, uh, in these articles, too.
1: <laughs> so some popular examples to try, well, Duval from, you know, brewery Duval Mort-Gott, Mort Mortgott um they're in belgium uh delirium tremens which i man, do like that beer it. i movie. love them too yeah. uh i just got a glass from them the other I day i got a
0: glass too when we do that we can get this one too when we get this one i can we can both use our glasses <laughs> wait you have one too yeah i have a yeah i have i have this i have the delirium tremen i think it's the tremens glass it's a pink element elephants on it right
1: yeah yeah uh, let's see next on the list. Uh, Brooklyn local one from Brooklyn brewing company out of Brooklyn, New York, the prankster from North coast. I, I have That's that beer in my one. fridge right
0: now. Uh, I know I
1: can get that one. I've if seen you can get that, that one. Time. I have,
0: I, I've been saving this. I bought the, I bought the, I bought a bunch of North coast when I was doing those videos and I was doing tasting notes of the, the things and I, and I was going to do a whole series on North coast brewing and I just stopped because I got I ran out of time yeah
1: uh, let's see damnation from russian River. Oh, i love
0: that beer oh my gosh that's so good if anybody wants to send
1: me a bottle of that you know go ahead um melange trois from nebraska brewing company in papillon new uh nebraska confluence from allagash connor mm. you have to get on that one yeah uh, they're out of portland maine horny devil from ale smith brewing mm. company out of San Diego, uh, Duval Rustica by Oma Gang in Cooperstown, New York, and Inferno from Lost Abbey Brewing in San Marcos, California.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, these are a bunch of varieties that I think people from around the country and even around the world can try. So anyone listening, there's at least one beer on here that you should be able to find and try for your, yourself. Yeah. Look at that, Chris. We busted through that very long history of the belgian golden strong now what do you think chris you enjoy that i did enjoy that because it was a it was a lot of
1: good information but it was also a lot of fun to read
0: yeah and i just thought again the story this is telling is that this brewery this this brewery owner wanted to go out and brew beer like a lot of the you know people did in germany and england and they went he went out and stole some yeast (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, then, and then, good. yeah, I mean, come on. That's a great story. And now it's a, yeah. it's a famous, uh, famous beer. So yeah, good for him. Good for him. Okay. Well that, that's our brew buzz, but we're not done yet. We've got one more topic, one more segment to hit your ears with. This is our new and noteworthy beer. We didn't do this, uh, this segment last week because we had such a great conversation with Connor Larson. We ran out of time, but we're going to go ahead and cover some of the beers that we didn't talk about. Last episode, as well as a couple new ones that I have on here. Maybe Chris has a couple new ones, too. But Chris, why don't you start us off and talk about your new Noteworthy beers?
1: So I'll admit, I didn't update anything. <laughs> from <laughs> It was just like I told you when we got started, man. It's been a weird, well, it's been a weird couple of days. We'll just say that. Um, and admittedly, being able to get on here and talk to you, Denny, if, if you were to see the Zoom, like when I start our start our zoom meeting and I'm getting on here and doing my notes and stuff. I'm so glad that I delete what's recorded in the beginning because it's <laughs> beer helps. Just say good. That. Good. Beer oh. helps. Mm. So I haven't updated anything from our last time that we were going to read these, but that just means I have more beers to talk about when, uh, when our next episode shows up. So, First one on the list is going to be from goose Island. It's their bourbon County classic cola stout. Now I bought this one with a little hesitation, but it didn't, it didn't, uh, it didn't fail me. I Mm. I was really surprised. Um, and even had a couple of people reach out on my check-in and tell me the same thing that, you know, I was, I was really surprised with this one. This one was, uh, Man, I could have checked into a lot of things <laughs> <laughs> for the last time we were on here, um, but yeah, they're they're classic cola stout, and it was a. Um, of course, they don't have any freaking notes on their uh, on their check in page, but it was meant to taste like, well, cola, cola, right? And and, and initially, I was I was looking at that, going, okay, you're going to mix a cola style drink with a bourbon maybe some sort of barrel and and I don't have the notes on specifically what it is uh mixed with, but man, I really like this beer. Uh so much so that it was uh, four and a half caps. Now it was a little sweet. Mm. Uh Denny, I believe you would have found it a little too sweet for your liking. Um but I did share it um I didn't I did share it with somebody so it wasn't like I was drinking the whole 16 ounce bottle myself. Um, but it was sweet and there was some vanilla in it. And it was, there was that kind of Coke Coke or a cola has some kind of like spiciness to it, Mm -hmm. not heat wise, but you know, like cooking spices, um, that just really played well together and uh, a little barrel aging on it. It, other than it being really, like I said, on the sweet side, it was a really good beer. So gave it one four and a half caps on that one, corporate ladder Mm. over in, palmetto florida pencil you in which was a pastry stout which (laughs) again i have been trying to stay away from pastry from the pastry stouts just because well like the last one they're usually super sweet and adjunct this and adjunct that and this was an imperial stout conditioned on hazelnut cacao nibs and roasted peanuts meant to emulate a famous hazelnut and chocolate spread
0: Mm.
1: it rhymes with (laughs) schmooshtella um and uh and a peanut butter sandwich right so you're you're trying to match the two together um this beer i ended up giving a 4.75 rating Mm. what the reason that it wasn't a full five cap rating because it was too sweet. Okay. Right. And that's just when they're too sweet, it's just hard to drink yeah. after a while. But man, it was really good too. And the last one on my list was going to be from Dade City Brew House. Uh, I'm trying to find the notes for this one too. But Dade City Brew House out of Dade City, Florida, it was their uh, Keep Them Coming. And this was their Kolsch. And I have just been enjoying a good Kolsch, especially d- being during the summer. It's just nice to have these, these well, beer-flavored beers. Uh, this beer for me got a four-cap rating, um, was able to get over there. This this place is about an hour north of my house, so I'm not normally in that area too much. But uh, was really happy to get a hold of this one, crisp and clean and just really easy to drink so they're uh they keep them coming from dade city and i had one other one that i'll read that's not even on my list was uh soup uh, su- can't even pronounce this one superliminal superlim, superliminal haze from uh, magnanimous brewing uh which is out of tampa florida that denny i i'm reading another one since you know you you bailed on me Okay. Um uh, so it's the uh, super liminal haze from Magnanimous Brewing. Mm. This beer was is a double dry hopped imperial IPA with Citra, Mosaic and per- Pacific Sunrise hops. Um I thought it was actually very smooth. Someone else <laughs> who's listening to the show felt that it had a little bit of hop burn oh, to it. Oh. Uh, but I, I tend to disagree with him, uh, but it was really good. <laughs> Even my check-in for it at four and a half caps was no hot burn, Connor. Uh, <laughs> so um, those are my four beers. I'll get that updated on our list here while you're reading yours, but those are my check-ins. Denny, are you ready to tell everybody about your new and noteworthy beers? Because yeah. I'm really curious about the third one on your list.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, I already mentioned the beer I just got done f- drinking. My Jim Dandy Brewings Wild Bill Amber Ale—that's a five cap rating. So I—I I already mentioned that one early in the show. Um, I have another five cap rating beer that I'm going to talk about. It's from the shoots Brewery. Mm. We've already gone through our favorite bee breweries. Oh, you know what? We got to start that back up again. Is our when we get um, done with the Belgian thing?
1: Don't forget too. Aria said, "Hey, listen. What about from your favorite
0: individual states too? That's right. <laughs> That's that gives right. us a list of fifty more shows. <laughs> That's right. Wow. That that could definitely. That, yeah, that could definitely get get long. But uh, but the shoots brewery, it's their uh, Abyss series, mm-hmm. and this is the uh, a special release Abyss coconut imperial stout. And I love Abyss. It's it's their imperial stout beer." And in the last few years, they've been doing variants of it and adding, you know, putting it into uh, special barrels or adding some adjuncts to it. And this is the coconut one. My buddy Alex Fuchs, he, no, (laughs) wow. No, my buddy Sean Lloyd, my buddy Sean brought this to uh, my house. We had a little get-together the weekend before last, and I had some, you know, barbecued up some uh, fajitas, and, and had a few people over and he brought over some beers, went on my own taps and definitely and found all the beers he brought were ones I hadn't had before, which was what a great friend. He brought this beer because he saw that I hadn't had it. And, uh, and, and we're both big fans of the abyss. Um, I gave this beer a five cap rating and here's what I said about it. Wow. This beer, this beer smells boozy, but ends up being very smooth. So many great flavors, coconut, chocolate, licorice, and whiskey character from the barrel makes this beer great. Thanks, Sean. Again, five cap rating, and uh, if you can find this beer, go get it. You will not be disappointed. It's a a great beer. Then the next beer is from Freem Family Brewers, and this is a beer that I got a uh, four-pack when I went to oregon i I got it as a as a drinking beer as I was staying in Oregon for that week, and I gotta find this beer in my uh list here shoot and what's wrong I'm not very shoot not very organized here, but uh there's the pickle beer that's what she said. No, that doesn't work.
1: <laughs> Doesn't, they can't all be winners, okay? <laughs> wow. You can this, throw it out there, it doesn't always fit. Let
0: me just say that I have uh I have drank so many beers since we last talked about it. Okay, so the Freem Kolsch. Uh, did I say that? Freem Family Brewers Kolsch. I give this a four and a half cap rating. Very smooth and refreshing Kolsch. Light cereal malt with a very pleasant, dry citrus, fruity hop essence. Essence, not overly hop just an essence of that hop um in the finish after 10 hours of driving and many delays due to road construction it's a needed relief yeah this is the beers i was drinking when i got on the trip we we drove through bend which we took a long route we drove through bend and we stopped and we i grabbed a four pack of this and got back to the hotel and then drank a few of these when I got there, <laughs> uh, great beer, four and a half cap reading. I recommend anyone that can get this beer that enjoys a very good, refreshing Kulsh, Um It's a beer you gotta try. Then the one that that uh, caught Chris's interest. Oh my gosh, I drank way too much. No, I might Remember, be. Remember, you, you do I it might for have the a problem.
1: Show. <laughs> Listen what. <laughs> Remember one of our old sponsors, Brewer Shirts, they had the shirt that said craft beer. It's not an, it's not a problem. It's a hobby.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My next beer is from Powderhouse Brewing here in Boise. And let me tell you, it's a brewery that every time I go and drink at it, I always come back like, why don't I drink more of their beer? The reason is it's not close to where I live. So I go to other places that are (laughs) closer and they they don't, they only have a few things that they actually can and and distribute out to where I can get. So I just don't make it and I don't see a lot of it, but I, I went with my buddy Alex Fuchs when he was here and all three beers I had that night were all like top rated beers, really good beers. But this is the one I want to talk about because it's a unique beer and I think we've talked about this type of beer on here before. It, for one thing, it's, it's Powderhouse uh, uh, Gherkin Goza, and it's a Pickle Goza. Uh, yeah, this is a, a, a pickled Goza beer. And, Go on. <laughs> and uh, I, I've heard about it, and every time I've gone to get it, I just, you have to get it at the brewery, and I just haven't gone out there to get it before it ran out. And this beer, I think, empties out pretty quick because it's a it's a fantastic goza. So I said I've been wanting to try this beer for years, and now the time has come. Really well done goza with just enough tart and pickle flavored finishing with saltiness. Delicious. Four and a half cap rating. So, I I don't rate these as like fruited beers. Right, Goza's a goza. I don't I don't discern between whether it's fruited or or had some added to it. And it's a four and a half cap rating, and uh, it's a it's got dill pickle flavor, and it's really good. So, um, yeah, really and like Charlie that.
1: Charlie wants to know how's it goes.
0: <laughs> it's goes it <sighs> it in great. It's goes good. Goes in good here. And then the other beer from Powderhouse Brewing again. Two two beers made it on my new and noteworthy um, Powderhouse Brews Cub Stout cub stout american stout (laughs) come on you gotta love the name cub stout Mm -hmm. um wow this beer was fantastic i said uh, chocolate and mild roast coffee on the nose and in the upfront flavor there's a caramel flavor in the mid with a solid bitter finish exactly what i expect in an american stout great beer four and a half cap rating i i love that i could drink this American stout all the time is so good and just really hit everything I enjoy in it, you know, in um, American stout. And again, two, two very strong beers of a brewery that's close to me that I should be drinking more of and I need to make an effort to go and, and drink more. Um, okay. And then the last beer that I'm going to talk about, yes, I'm going to finish it off here is a Jim Dandy beer from my trip. I just went last weekend and it's the O'Malley Irish Dry Stout on nitro. And I said, even with the nitro, this roasty malt is prominent with mild coffee and chocolate notes, super smooth, creamy, and soaky. So damn good. Glad I was able to get some before it was all gone. They put this beer on like two months ago. Shocked that there's still kegs of this beer available. Um, but there was, and I gave it a four and a half cap rating. So all my beers were four and a half and above. Um, and there was a lot other beers that I could have talked about, but because I had so many beers I drank, I didn't want to, you know, I had to keep it short. So I kept it to five, I think one, two, three, four. Yeah. Now I need to make a comment again. People have been writing in talking about, um, my comments I make about untapped, getting rid of my, rid of my check-ins. So I have a new thing to add. Now, I'm not crazy. Untapped is like removing valid check-ins from my unique check-ins. And how do I know this? Because this weekend when I was at Jim Dandy, who I've drank, I can list every single beer I've had from them. Of all their beers, I've almost had all of them except for maybe 10 beers they've released. I've had almost all of them. There were two beers Two beers that I drank multiple times and I know that I checked into because when I went to see if I checked into it, I saw I already checked into it and they were removed from my unique check-ins from the beer. And they weren't – they were unique beers. They weren't even beers that they released like multiple times. It, well, actually there was one, but it wasn't a dated one. So they are removing my valid check-ins. And I don't understand why. I'm still under 46 – I keep going. I go up above forty six hundred, and all of a sudden, I've got like I go back down below forty six hundred on my unique. They keep removing like twenty to fifty beers all the time. So I'm not crazy. So that's why I'm catching up with you. And I and I don't know why it bothers me so much, except for it pisses me off that they shouldn't be removing my valid check. <laughs> and, <so laughs> and I go to the little thing about about the uh, every time I go to that that beer thing to check. What in the last 120 days that they've removed because it was Mm -hmm. invalid, zero beer shows up. My stuff is getting scrubbed with no record of what's being scrubbed. That's not right. So that's my complaint. I'm off my soapbox now.
1: That's it. We're tagging them. We're tagging them on Facebook. No, don't you you dare. Because then they'll they'll clear
0: out my whole, they'll close my account. (laughs) Actually, you know what?
1: At this point, what?
0: At this point, ahead. why am I doing it? I'm never going to get $5,000. i have been on the road to 5000 for like half my uh, untapped life. Dan says
1: it's a conspiracy.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: He also wants to know uh, who writes in anymore as far as, well, if you do it, it's, uh, you know, here on Casey Kasem, Dan <laughs> Charlie. Oh, Dan Charlie. Yeah, he wants to know if you use your Little little Orphan Annie decoder ring, too. Listen, we <laughs> drank a lot of Ovaltine to get that decoder ring, Dan. Okay, once it showed up, uh, you know, served its purpose.
0: All right. Well, you know what? I guess it's time to close this show out. But before we do that, I always want to give you a chance, Chris, to raise a glass. So who would you like to raise a glass to tonight?
1: I want to raise a glass to my buddy, Tim Johnson. And no, Dan, not the Tim not Johnson your... <laughs> that works in your office.
0: Not the, but... not the top notch it guy. Oh, stop <laughs> it.
1: Jesus. You're going to get us all fired. But my buddy, Tim Johnson here in the Tampa area, uh, just a good friend of mine. He's been, uh, bouncing around with his family going to Disney and softball. And, you know, his daughter just started her senior year in high school, um, I think it was today or yesterday, buddy. Cheers to you. Uh, you and I are due for lunch over at uh, Tampa Bay brewing company. <laughs> Anytime you want to. Okay. Um, but just want to raise a glass to my buddy, Tim. Um, appreciate you. Appreciate you, Tim. And uh, hopefully we get to see you soon. I love you, buddy. And Denny, who would you like to raise a glass to this evening?
0: I'm raising a glass to our Patreon toast of the night to Chad LaMassa. Kept it keeping his check-in streak at what 27,000. 27, He's the man. Thank you, Chad, for your support. And that's it. I think. I don't know. I, I probably should raise my glass to other people, but I'm not prepared. That's okay. We can do some Carson
1: or Connor. Next time you come in here, we can do some day dunking over at uh, Tampa Bay Brewing Company, too.
0: Yeah, let's do it. All right. And of course, I gotta raise my glass to all the servicemen and women out there protecting our freedoms. Thank you for your service. And cheers to you. And please return home safe with your family soon. And of course, Chris, give a toast out to our sponsor.
1: Our sponsor, Frost Buddy. There you right? Are. The uh, specializing in cooling containers for your beverage of choice. Frost Buddy has the Universal Buddy 2.0, which is right here, uh, which is the world's first universal can cooler for 12 ounce cans, slim cans, bottles, and even 16 ounce cans but don't ask him about the Modelo bottles. Okay. <laughs> Frostbuddy also has the world's first universal wine cooler, 24-ounce stainless steel mugs, and even stainless steel dog bowls. Go visit their website at frostbuddy.com.
0: So, Chris, you, I didn't realize. So the the fat bottom Modelos don't fit in Frostbuddy? They Buddy? don't. They,
1: <laughs> they had something on their... Um, on their facebook oh, page damn. the other day that i don't know if it was a joke or if it was serious but they said that their modello <laughs> model is coming soon oh that's works. funny oh that yeah, is funny. i don't know if it was real or not
0: uh, it was not april 1st so it's probably real yeah so all right well hey you can find the beers and the links to the articles mentioned on the show in our show notes located on the show post at taptocraft.com and if you'd like to follow us on social media I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, untapped at loose screw. Chris,
1: how can our listeners follow you? You can never find me on Twitter mm-hmm. on Chris underscore Mackenzie82. Actually, I shared a couple of things on Twitter the other day. I don't know. Maybe it's a new thing for me. Uh, but you can always find me on untapped and Instagram at MCK1345, or follow us and interact with us on everything social at tap the craft.
0: All right. It is last call. It's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening. We ask you to please tell a friend and, of course, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. As a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers.